It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah Health. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Kurt Heelan, NBC Sports and ProBasketballTalk.com, kind enough to join us. Kurt, how are you doing? I'm, I'm doing good, and uh, I, I hear Hans became cool. So <laughs> he I, is. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know if we can say that. It's going to take a lot more than an iPhone to make yeah. me cool. <laughs> you and me both. Hey. Uh, Kurt Heelan, by the way, NBC Sports and ProBasketballTalk.com, kind enough to join us. Hans, uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. So, Kurt. Talk to me about what's going on with John Morant. Yeah, um, there's a report coming out that he uh, coming out that he uh, got into it with a security guard and, and apparently flashed a gun with them at him last year. I don't have a ton of details yet. Um, the Washington Post, I believe, broke this. Um, I I'm loath to discuss it in much detail, simply that because I don't have enough information about. And I've been before I got on with you, I'm researching the incident and what actually trying to find out what actually happened and uh, where that stands. I imagine if the let's put it this way, if the NBA didn't already know about it and investigate it, they are about to uh, in in some depth and there's pretty good chance they did know um, on some level. So um, it's developing. Let's put it that way. This is this is all pretty new. Kurt Heelan again joining us as uh, the Jazz. Keep uh, now they finally did lose uh, to the San Antonio Spurs last night, and they got a six game road trip coming up. But uh, this team continues to defy odds a little bit. Walker Kessler, Larry Markinen, uh, Danny Ainge tried to gut the roster at the trade deadline, but they still found ways to win games. Um, just overall, where do you see this Jazz team? When you look at this team, do you consider them a potential play in slash eight seed quality team? I thought it was nice of you guys, by the way, to, to help the Spurs out yeah. after you know losing 16 in a row to, to, to let them have one. Um, <laughs> I, I guess you could push for the eighth seed. I'm just not sure, or the or the play in. I'm just not sure. I mean, right now, obviously, they are in that um, in one of the last play in spots. If it happens, it happens. But I, I think you're thinking long term, and you're not. This is one of those situations where Danny Ainge is made his trades and, and both before the season started and, and again at the deadline, you know, sending more guys out. And they keep finding, like you said, Laurie Markin has been great. Walker Kessler has been, <laughs> the best part is, as good as Rudy Gobert this year. Um, you know, it, it, through all that, they keep finding a way to win. And so you pat them on the back and say, great. But I don't think you, I don't know that it changes the grand plan. Um so if you fall out, you fall out, and your lottery odds get a little better. But this isn't a team that's down with the Spurs right now. So they're just kind of 
in that middle and, and making their, you know, there'll be more moves this offseason and we'll see which direction they go. Kurt, I'm going to mention teams and you tell me if they are in the tank race. Houston? Yeah. San Antonio? Yes. Detroit? Yes. Basically from the day Cade, they thought they were a, they thought they were a play-in team and then Cade Cunningham got injured. Oh, dear. Uh, Charlotte? Um, again, another team that they boy when they lost Miles Bridges and, and lost isn't the right word when Miles Bridges found a way to disqualify himself for the season, um, they were in a lot of trouble. They really haven't been very good all year, and now of course with Lamelo all fracturing Lamelo Ball fracturing his ankle, they are they are all in for the tank. Yes, Orlando. You know they've been winning lately. <laughs> just enough to be. Uh, I don't think they're trying. You know this is one of those situations where. I don't think management thought it would happen this fast, but uh, Paolo Mancaro is really good, and um, they've, um, you know, Franz Wagner and some of the other guys they've got, they've, they've have made it work. So, yes, they're tanking; they're not going to make the play-in, but they are. I want to say like eight and seven over their last fifteen. Like they're mm-hmm. they're winning enough games that they're not they're not tanking per se. Like, and they've got like. I think like two games against the Heat or some good teams this week. They can sneak up on you if you sleep on them now. Indiana? Oh, should be tanking. Um, but, I th- again, another team that's got just between Halliburton and, and Turner just too much talent. It's kind of like Utah. There's just enough talent there that, that they're not tanking in the classic sense. I ask about those teams because Scotty and I have been debating whether the Utah Jazz can get into the bottom six. And I feel like their best the best they could do is bottom seven, but it's more likely bottom eight. They're currently the 13th worst record in the NBA, and we're just trying to figure out how low they can get. And so I'm trying to identify which teams are are truly in a tank mode if it's Oklahoma City. And the one that is really curious to me right now is Los Angeles Lakers, because you go back and look at the LeBron James situation with his foot, and he finishes that game after the foot injury, and he has 11 points after he injures it, and he's in there in the fourth, and it's a tight game in the fourth. There's a big three that was hit. You're, you know, it's a one-point or two-point game or three-point game, and you've got this last-second heave. He's on the court for the final seconds of that game against the Dallas Mavericks, and I'm watching him back guys down with that foot, really posting heavy on that sprained foot, and now we come to find out he's out a couple of weeks. It just... It all seems a little bit strange for me with the Lakers. What are they up to, Kurt? Um, I can tell you that they, they were not trying to tank. The, the goal was to, to – they thought they'd put together – they looked at four – what was it, four games or five games, whatever that – what it was. They actually looked pretty good. Like, like good enough that you're like, wow, I wouldn't really want to see Anthony Davis and LeBron James with – hey, they tried something crazy, like putting shooting around them again. Um, and it looked pretty good. But now, you know, with him missing time, they need basically what they need is both Utah and New Orleans to tumble, and for them to just find a way to get above five hundred. But they, Anthony Davis is out tonight now too, so yeah, good, good luck. Um, I, the problem for them is there's no point in them pulling the plug because they don't own their own pick. Their pick goes to the Pelicans, so. They might not race LeBron James back if it's meaningless and it's, you know, borderline, but they gain nothing. They are still trying to make the playoffs because they just gain nothing from tanking. 
Kurt Heelan joining us, NBC Sports and ProBasketballTalk.com. Um, overall, when you look at um, where this, uh, you know, I guess, you know, we for so many years in the NBA, and and I, I grew up an NBA fan, and it was always a handful of teams that you knew could win the title every single year. Like, you knew that, oh, it was yeah. going to be the Celtics or the Lakers, and then, oh, it was going to be the Bulls or the Pistons. You just knew that it was going to be two or three teams and nobody else. Is this year a little bit more wide open? Can you identify the the two teams that it'll be one of those two teams, but those one of those two are going to win a title, or does this feel a little bit more NFL-ish in terms of uh, a little bit more parity with the league? Uh, there's definitely more parity, especially in the West, because I can talk myself into multiple teams out there um, getting on a run and, and making it. We'll, we'll see. We'll start to see tonight what Phoenix looks like. Anything else? I still think. Boston and Milwaukee are the two best teams in the league. But Philadelphia is pretty good, and you can, again, you can kind of talk yourself into them getting a little lucky and getting some matchups and, and getting some wins. And then, you know, let's say it is Boston, hypothetically goes through to the finals. They're the best team, but once you get into the finals, if you're Denver or you're, again, Golden State goes on a run, whatever it is, you got a puncher's chance. You, you've always got the, you know, you've always got the, I, look, Toronto deserved that championship. They were phenomenal. Kawhi Leonard was phenomenal. The Warriors were healthy. That wasn't going to happen. But they just, you know, physically fell apart during that series. Um, you always have a chance. So I think that, it's, but to me, I'm with you. Normally you're like, it's one of these two teams out of the West, one of these two teams out of the East, you know. And this year, outside of, I think, one of the two teams will be Boston or Milwaukee. Outside of that, though, I don't know. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. So, Kurt, I'm just looking at the Dallas Mavericks post-Kyrie Irving move, and right now they're riding a ugly little one-and-five streak, Yeah, including the loss to the Lakers the other night, and then they just lost to the Pacers. Pacers. Um, how is the experiment going right now with Kyrie Irving in in uh, in that roster lineup. Yeah, they're one and four with both of them in the lineup, and I looked it up this morning for a, a story at NBC for three things at NBC. Um, they are, over these last five games, they're one and four, like I said. Their offense is actually, like, really good. <laughs> you know, even though there's kinks to work out and what have you, they're fourth best in the league. They're scoring a ton of points. Uh, but they can't stop anybody. Their defense is awful. And their clutch play has been, when it gets down to the clutch, and that's where the, you start to see chemistry and system, they just haven't built any yet. And so they have struggled in the clutch of a couple of close games. And we'll, I'm really curious what happens with this, because they're, I mean, I expect they will re-sign him, um, but it's Kyrie Irving, so... <laughs> Everything comes with a grain of salt, right? Like, I expect this to happen, but um, 
I think it's going to be interesting, though. Like, I don't know. It hasn't gone that smoothly yet, but I don't think it's gone that poorly. I just think they don't have good defenders on that roster, and that's not something they can fix until next summer. And the chemistry isn't – they're still playing next to each other, and it takes time to figure out – I mean, how long did it take Wade and LeBron and Bosch? I mean, what, what year and a half to figure out how to play with each other? It just takes time. How impressed are you with Jokic hitting the uh, 100 triple-double club in just his eighth year in the league? I think he's going to be pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> um, I think that's fair. No, yeah. he, it's unbelievable. I guess I was listening to recently. It might have been Zach Lowe. It was like, we got to stop talking about him as the best pass. Start talking about putting him with the great passers of all time because he's, you know, he's his, yeah, he can score and he can shoot, but there's been a lot of guys, but, and, and he's big, so he gets some boards, but it's the passing and the, the vision of the game and the IQ that separates him from everyone else, where he just sees the game and doesn't, you can't rush that guy. You just can't make him play fast and make many mistakes. It's, it's, it's kind of amazing. So, I'm just looking at 18, 19, 20. It looks like Atlanta's got 20 games remaining on their schedule. They just made the Quinn Snyder announcement. Scotty and I know yep. Quinn well. I know you know Quinn well and his accomplishments, what he's capable of. You know the roster that Atlanta's dealing with, and you probably know some of the problems that they've dealt with through the last coaching regime and why they are out the door. So with with all that taking all that into account, Atlanta sitting thirty one and thirty one, sitting five hundred. How do they finish this season out with Quinn Snyder as the head coach? I don't think he makes that much of a difference this season, just because I mean you guys know, and, and Jazz fans know from watching, like he runs. He's got a system he wants to run um, with a lot of off ball movement and, and threes in transition and some things Trey Young should like, but. There's just when you take over 60 games into a season, you don't get to make many changes, man. Like you just you're going to have to kind of ride out what they're doing to a large degree. You can tweak the rotations a little, and you can add some wrinkles here and there. But you know he doesn't get to install his system until and, and some of the stuff he wants to do until next year. So it is what it is. Um, I think this just gives him a jump start on getting to know some guys. But I think he's a great long term hire. A just because I think he's a a very, very good coach. But also, this is the first coach that comes in there. They've had, look, they've had issues getting Trey Young to be the team player they want him to be sometimes. And and now here comes a coach with the contract and gravitas to come in and say, hey, you're going to do this my way, right? Like, Lloyd Pierce couldn't do it. Um Nate McMillan and he had a frosty relationship because Nate didn't have the leverage. Quinn comes in with leverage. Quinn comes in with some personnel, say, and if things don't work out, he's really within his rights to go, you know, hey, what about um, what about moving a different direction here? Like, it, the time has come for the, the Trey Young trial has come. Like, you're either going to, can you build around this guy? Do you want to build around this guy? Can you build a true championship team around this guy? They're going to find out pretty quickly. And Quinn Snyder's got the wherewithal. I think they're all on the same page to either make this happen or, you know, make their move and move on. But um, I think that that's good for them because I think he needed 
He needed somebody to put him in his place. Kurt Heelan joining us, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Uh, Steph Curry, just uh, a release statement from the uh, Golden State Warriors saying that he is uh, close to getting back, no timetable, but that uh, that he is increasing his on-court workload and including scrimmaging. Um, do you uh, do you anticipate that when he comes back, the Warriors will be able to uh, flip the switch and get back to Warriors basketball? I'm, I'm a little skeptical just because they've been so bad defensively this year, um, and they don't have the same depth. They don't have this, you know, they miss Otto Porter. They got Gary Payton the second back, but I don't know if they're, you know, they got him on the roster. Don't know if they're going to be able to play him um, just because of the, the injury. Um, so I'm a little skeptical, but when you get four rings, you get a certain amount of, um, benefit of the doubt so yeah. it, it is it is not it is certainly not out of the realm of possibility right like that they just that that is exactly the thing that happens that they because we've seen it as recently as last june and the core six guys from that championship team are still on the roster and there is a certain so what i'm looking for there's a certain we need to make this happen now sentiment around them because i don't there's not a whole lot longer with this core group together. Um, they're running into financial trouble. Draymond didn't get paid. And so whether it's this summer or the summer after, I don't look, the music's going to stop and Draymond's going to be the guy without a chair. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if this is the last run or not, but there is a sense that their time is getting of this era is getting thin, you know, and that kind of pressure could motivate them. We'll see. Well, Kurt, we certainly appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us, and I uh, look forward to catching him again next week. Thank you, Kurt. All right. Enjoy the Thomas and Max, Scotty. You got it. Oh, I'm fired up, man. Uh, it'll be a fun one tonight for <laughs> sure. And back here next week for the tournament, too. I'm, I'm spending uh, a good chunk of time down here in Vegas. It's affordable. So, yes. It's a, it's a lovely place to be. Thanks, Kurt. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.